What you got? You got something? Okay. Amen. 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 So we wanted to talk to our family this morning about the fast. We're halfway through the fast. We want to encourage you to keep going on, but I personally want to talk about, because I know some of you have gotten used to uh, Pastor Drew and I doing a separate video um, at the end of each Sunday, and this year we chose not to, mainly because we're working to live life in balance. Um, there's so many things that we do and adding more stuff to an already strained schedule while we're fasting is not wisdom. But um, if you want to hear our voices, just tune into Sunday School and we'll be right there. Amen. Sunday School and there's recordings of um, Crown that you can find also online. Actually, we don't, record, oh. we don't put Crown online because oh, I'm sorry. unfortunately Crown is very... Um, it's it's very it's very personal and so we don't put crown online but you can sign, find us on sunday school yes Amen. you can sign up you can call us yes write us reach out to us if yeah. you're interested in crown Amen. Amen. the steadfast love of the lord never ceases his mercies never come to any they are new Um, simply because last Sunday, um, during the Sunday school, let me start again. Before Sunday school started, I was in a conversation with my husband that kind of tied in with the Sunday school class and kind of tied in also with the fasting and everything where we're talking about how the Lord um, has mercy, right? He shows mercy towards us and um, no matter how terrible we think we are, we can always go to him and be forgiven and um it just blessed my heart to know that you know how terrible i was and how terrible i can be still today and he still looks at me with love um it kind of blessed my heart just just mix you know mixing that up with the conversation i was having with my husband where you know his mercies are new every morning that means every morning you get to start again that's what the lord was telling me every morning we get to start And so um, this fast has been awesome. Um, my fast was not letting go of food, but my fast was letting go of fast food. <laughs> and with my pants, <laughs> it shows a difference. You know, and just not, my, my job requires us, you know, every day, they, well, where, where are we going? Rather than, you know, packing a lunch and bringing, where are we going for lunch? And so one of my supervisors came to me yesterday. He's like, you know what? I'll be glad when your fast is over. Because he ready to go to McDonald's, Jack in the Box, wherever he's trying to go. But I'll be glad when your fast. Cause, so they are working with me with the fast. So I'm not doing fast food, so they're not forcing it upon me. Amen. So I just thank God for the mercies that he gives us every day. For you guys that know the triplets, yes. we are living life in balance. This living is compliments of Brent. Yeah. Are, are they online yet? They're not. Yes, baby. Oh, see, that's me then. That's on us. Okay, today we're gonna let you know what we want so that we can get it online yes. and you can 
If you guys are interested, go ahead and put something in the um, chat line, right? If you want a hat or a t-shirt or give us ideas on or what you would like, or a cup, or what would you like to see this on? Yeah, we well, like to commemorate great. every bow, yes. every um, fast. We like yes. to find a way to commemorate it. And this mm. this keeps us, like, I've been wearing my Be Intentional t-shirts yes. all the time. All the time. And it's a great reminder to live my life intentionally for yeah. Christ. Amen? Yes. Because yes. you know the world can try to take you there. Yes. Um, but you need yes. a reminder not to go out outside of the will of God um, in many instances. And then also being reminded, living my life in balances, making sure that I'm making choices that balance the life that God has called for me, right? Mm -hmm. We have to do things in this world. We have to go to work. We have to go to school, right? We have to deal with our neighbors, but there's balance that needs to happen in that because this cannot, the worldly things cannot weigh heavier than the things of God. They cannot be so much so that we forget and we just squeeze him in a minute. And when we look at our scale, all those things in the world weigh so much heavy and God is light. But he's reminded us, keep balance. I'm not expecting you to abdicate from this world. That's why he put us in here to be a light. He's not expecting us to abdicate, but he is expecting us to live a life in balance. So our shirts are just a reminder of what God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just have to do what the Lord gave me to do. I can't like <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's we like, all work it out. Lord, you have forty minutes. <laughs> okay, I'll tell him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're gonna be we're gonna be respectful of time. We're gonna jump in. Yep. Amen. Please stand. Hallelujah. I'll let you get started. Hallelujah. Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, I thank you for this day like I reminded that it's like no other, dear Jesus. I thank you, dear Lord, for your sacrifice for us, dear Jesus. I thank you, dear Lord, that we submit unto you, dear Lord. I thank you, dear Lord, that through this fast, dear Jesus, that is teaching us now during the fast and that we will be changed and transformed through the fast, dear Jesus, that we will remember what we learned, dear Lord, and it will reshape our lives. I thank you, Father. I thank you for today, dear Lord, as we pray for Pastor Sandy, that the word speaks, dear Jesus. Let us hear attentively, dear Lord. Let us receive what you have in store, dear Lord, and allow it to minister to our heart. I thank you that Pastor has put time into the word, dear Lord, to receive from you first, dear Lord. And then he stands as a vessel, dear Jesus, for the Holy Spirit to work in him, dear Jesus, a new thing for us to hear with fresh anointing. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. I am. I am. <laughs> Pastor Ben. <sighs> oh, so here we are today. And we're going to start with a scripture today. Um, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, Bibles. Please open your Bible to Colossians chapter 3. Hallelujah. When we all get there, let me know. Say amen or, amen. or Pastor Ben is funny guy. Say something. <laughs> All right. Now, here we go. Let's read this, okay? It says, since then, I'm in chapter 3, verse 1, in the book of Colossians. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Yeah. Praise God. 
I'm going to finish reading, but then we're going to go back up to that. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, yes. impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as anger. You hear that? Yeah. As anger, rage. You know what rage is? Losing control behind anger. That's what rage is. Like, you can't help yourself. You're just screaming and cursing and running and hitting walls. That's rage. That means you've lost your mind. Okay? In your anger, you have lost your mind. God says we don't operate that way. Okay? So don't be saying, oh, you know, I just had a moment I flipped out. No. Obey the word of God. We don't flip out. Okay? Malice, slander, filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new life, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of the creator. Praise God. Amen. Now, as we go up here, we see that God is giving a commandment. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. It says, uh, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Okay? When Christ, who's, who, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him. But for now, what is he saying? Set your heart on things what? Above. Set, your, set your mind on things what? Above. Is, is that a great suggestion or what? Amen. It's a commandment, okay? This is not a suggestion. God wants you to always be mindful that you're not at home. Amen. So that you don't fl flip out and do all these things and start believing that all your rewards are right here in the earth realm. You forget that the earth did not exist until God spoke it into existence. So obviously the creator is greater than the creation and there is another existence outside of a physical earth. Amen. So therefore, God is saying, remember this. Set your mind on things above. Set your heart on things above. Remember that you don't have a life. You died in Christ. And when Christ appears, you will appear with him. Okay? So this is what God wants from us. I understand that nobody really wants to hear about the rapture or the tribulation when it comes to churches. Because... Most people that don't want to hear about it because things are going pretty good. Meaning the car's running, the mall's open, cable's working. <laughs> so therefore, he can come or he cannot come. I'm changing channels. It's, like, it's life like that, you understand? So you forget, you know, that you're living in a huge world. And there are people all over the world that are going through things that God, who lives outside of your realm, is dealing with. God's dealing with 23,000 dead people in Turkey and Iran. 20 is up to 23,000. But they said there's more. They just can't 
look for them anymore. They've run out of time to look for them. But that's, that's to the people in Haiti who lost 130,000 or 120,000 in 2010, they're, they're looking at that as, oh, they had a small earthquake. But there's somebody above you outside of time that is seeing this whole thing and knows and understands that he has a mission because the earth realm has to be changed. But it's on a time cycle. And he's trying to deal with us and the time that has been allowed it to us. He's trying to deal with the whole situation. But individually, he is just as personal with you as he is with the other 8 billion people. In fact, we'll see that he knows your name. He knows what, where you live. He knows what, you, what he has planned for you for next week or, or this week. He know, it's, not, it's not a number situation with God. God knows each one personally. And so it's very personal to God when you decide to operate outside of his will because you're not a number. You're a personal love affair that God has with individual people. And he's able to do this because he's God. Amen. Okay? Now, I know that... Um, I am pr probably pretty much as I was when I was a little kid. I told somebody because I had a dream that I was going to play pro football. So I told somebody and they said, that's awesome, little Sandy. That is good. That is awesome. He said, but you know, don't use the toilet paper and put it under like, the toilet paper under my shoulders under my t-shirt for shoulder pad and get the football and I run back and forth in the front yard. And they said, but you got to stop using up all the toilet paper. <laughs> but we understand you're going, to, you're going to play football. Now, as I got older, I kept telling people, oh, I had a dream. I'm going to play pro football. And people listened to me and they said, you know, that, that's good. Then I tried out for my first team and they said, well, sorry you didn't make the team, but I was still telling people, I'm going to play pro football. And people was like, and they got to the point where he was like, well, that's nice. You know, you couldn't make the peewee team, but you're going to the NFL. God bless you. So I kept telling people. And you keep telling people. And my conviction had nothing to do with their response. My conviction had to do with what God had showed me. You understand? So therefore, I'm, I'm continue telling people, I'm going to play pro football. I'm going to be a professional football player. And then I finally played in high school. And then people said, well, you know, there's a lot of people trying to make it to pro football. You know, it's a lot of teams. You haven't even played college football yet. You just on the, you just playing varsity in the 10th grade. You don't. Even. And I'm like, I'm going to play pro football. Then one night I'm jogging, getting ready for the season. And I run into a guy reading a Bible while he's jogging. And this is night. I'm out jogging at night. And I'm like, why you got your Bible? It's nighttime, dude. And he says, oh, man, I was just waiting for somebody to talk to about Jesus. <laughs> now, I'm running around and he's telling me about how Jesus loves you and how he wants to do these, all these things for you and all this. And he says, and I said, well, I play football. And he says, yeah, you're probably going to play pro one day. So you got to remember Jesus. Then he runs off the track. Then I see a guy in a full football uniform jogging at night. I'm like, that is weird. And he runs by me and goes, I said, why you got your whole uniform? I want to get used to the pads. He says, because this is what I'm going to do. And I said, wow. So I went home and told my mother. I said, I met a, a guy reading a Bible, the two most important things in my life. A guy reading a Bible and a guy with shoulder pads on running around the track. And she said, well, the Lord may be getting you ready because you did say you played pro football. And I said, well, a lot of people don't believe me now. You know, I just keep saying it, though, because God told me. So I keep saying it. I keep saying it. And then 
Some people said, well, he's not going to do it here. But I kept saying it. You know why? It was a commitment between me and God. It had nothing to do with your opinion. And this is what I'm trying to tell you concerning the rapture. This is between me and God. I can care less about your opinion. When it comes time to come to the Coliseum and you need tickets, I will provide you tickets. That's what I said. When it comes time and I play in that Coliseum, I will provide you tickets. And I played in that Coliseum. You understand? And I provided them tickets rather they really didn't believe me or they believed me. You understand? And so what God was showing me by by reminding me of that this morning, it says some people believe you and some people don't. It's like some people believe me and some people don't. Some people are just cordial about it. God bless you. That's wonderful. You still believe that. Good for you for being steadfast and holy. You know, they're just giving, but they don't really believe it. They're just kind of like being nice to you now. But whatever they're thinking, the commitment is not between them and me. The commitment is between me and God. So the other morning I get up and I want to get into the word. I have this feeling. I want to get into the word. And the Lord is saying, you only have so much time left. Uh, Read Enoch today. So I'm in the morning. I'm reading Enoch. And God is showing me incredible things in the book of Enoch. And the Lord is saying, see what you're reading? I already have homes for you waiting. See what you're reading? You only have a few weeks left. See what you're reading? This is about to happen. This is going to be reality. And God is showing me and showing me all of this while I'm reading these incredible scriptures about his coming, about the destruction that's coming upon the world, about tribulation, about how much he loves us, how much the holy people mean to him, how much unrighteous people don't mean to him. I'm just reading all of this stuff. And then... Linda calls me, um, Barbara's Linda, oh, yeah. 7.30 in the morning, 7.23 in the morning, she calls me, and I'm like, why is anybody calling me at 7.23? I got up to read the Bible, not to talk on the phone. So I keep reading, and then I said, well, I'm going to go outside and relax, relax for And then I said, I'll call Linda back since it's an hour later. I call her back. The Lord has been speaking to me this morning. I got off at five o'clock in the morning and the Lord's been speaking to me. I tried to I tried to start praying and the Lord kept speaking to me and he's coming. He said, even my mama, who don't even believe in a rapture or anything, called me and said, uh, the Lord showed her the rapture's coming. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's incredible. I said, she said, that's not the incredible part. The incredible part is I was praying And the Lord, the Lord stopped me and started talking to me. And it's and and so I said, after she finished telling me, I said, this is just what I was just reading. I was just in the house reading everything you're just telling you're telling me. So I'm going to read a little bit of the letter. okay? and I'm going to try and be as real clear as possible, because it's going to be a little bit of reading today. And that's why the Lord is like, when Pastor Ben said 40 minutes, I said, I was like, Lord, this is a lot of reading. And the Lord, Pastor Ben goes, you got 40 minutes. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> okay, it says, hey, Pastor Sandy, I came home from work this morning trying to pray for the desires of my own heart. Nothing evil, just usual stuff like people want a home, a dog. Suddenly I froze like a popsicle and I could not proceed in prayer. I then just waited a bit asking the Lord in my thoughts why I can't pray. I got quiet, meditating. Then I grabbed my own uh, uh, and started asking God for things. Uh, What I wanted. I asked for uh, his will to be done. I said to him, I know what I want, but what do you want? 
I asked God to help me to make the right decision. I asked him to let me be in his will. I don't want to think for myself. I couldn't, I could decide all, it says I could decide all day long. And it says, but I have to ask God for his will. I should have, I, I should be humble, repent and thank the Lord. God uh, says, I then said, take me to heaven, call me up with you. I don't want to be selfish nor earthly. I was then praying for the needs of my family, the covering, uh, the blood of Jesus um, uh, that was poured out uh, on his brow. And oh my, uh, wow, you bled. Thinking to, she was praying, you bled how cruel they were to you, how they treated you, Lord. And this is what she's praying. I'm giving you permission, God, to have your way with my life. I am giving you my my right and to be your uh, uh, the right and to be your will all day. Praying for the needs of others and repentance. Pray for uh, she prayed for the nation. She prayed for to herself to be humble. She said she prayed for uh, acts of righteousness, uh, many people to be saved. She was praying all of this, and then, like God will do sometimes, He say. Okay, you done? <laughs> Can I talk now? Because I've, I've had those moments where God will just go, can we get quiet now? And he says, uh, she says, uh, I know, uh, and she says to the Lord, I know you're about to come. Let me stop thinking about myself and begin to think about what God wants. I know you will do these things for me. What are you saying, Lord? And God said, give up this life. I know. He says, I know I am coming. Uh, and she says, uh, give up this life and know I am calling you home. I have your home ready. The table is set. The food is prepared. The dishes are out. The king is coming. This is what the Lord said to her. The foolish virgins are about to scream in agony. Don't think about what you want anymore, Linda. You are spending too much time still wanting. Let go of want. I am coming for my bride. I have your mansion. It is on top of a hill in glory. This place is for you. Don't allow foolish ways to cause you to miss what I have prepared for you. I have heard your cries, but what I have here in heaven is more important. The second you see all this, he says, he says the second you see all this in heaven, you will want no more. You will come into my kingdom faster than you know. I am putting out the final warning. This is it. The world will be no safe place. There will be no safe place in the next few weeks. And she said, I thought the Lord was done there, but then he kept talking. <laughs> she said, you think because you are a Christian, you are safe in this life. The Christians left behind, the Christians, listen what she says, the Christians left behind will be martyred. There will be no place to hide. And she said, that let me know, God, Pastor Sandy. He said, the Christians that will be left behind. But don't act in a way that you miss what I'm about to give you. But he said to me, the Christians that are left behind will be martyred. So he says, there's, she said, there's some people that are claiming Christ that are not going to go. I said, I've been telling you that. <laughs> he says, that's why they are getting technology in everything. The government is behind it all. I have a plan for you. I will take you up so high you wouldn't even understand it if I told you now. It's like a balloon of hot air that is uh that is uh too tight and then suddenly it bursts. 
He says, people know, it says, people you know, most will not go in the rapture. Some will be spared in the second coming. Russia is about to go to war. Missiles are about to fly across the state. New York is about to be bombed. Don't let the devil tell you that you have no hope. Go on sinning. You are a child of the king. Jesus told you that when he came to see you because the Lord had visited with her, uh, I guess, about a month ago. And she came and said, God visited with me. She was so excited. And so in this whole thing, let me finish reading. It says you are among the true believers. Don't just seek me, Linda. Stay pure. I have some very plain. I have some very special plans for you that have nothing to do with this life. I have some very special plans for you. It says, even if no one believes you live for me, child, you will be with me in a, in a few days. Don't try to figure it out. I will erase all your pain and sorrow. Look up. Keep looking up. Don't spend another moment thinking about your mistakes, but don't repeat them either. I will bless you um, for trying. My compassion for you is unending. My salvation for you is real. You don't understand it. You don't understand it all. You think young. Get your mind together. Springtime is on you. The flowers are blooming. It is finished. And then she said, the Lord stopped talking. And she started calling people. <laughs> and I said, thank you for your excitement for the Lord's voice to you. Because Linda doesn't, I think Linda's called me since the time I've known her, maybe, tw maybe twice. You know, maybe, maybe three times he probably called the other time just to get Drea's number. But she doesn't call me often, okay? But this morning she called me. And I said, that's exactly what I was just reading. I was saying, the Lord was telling me, heaven's already prepared for you. This is about to happen very soon. He says, the whole world don't believe them, but when they're in the middle of it, it's gonna be very painful for them to know that they didn't listen. He says, they don't, he says, a lot of people that listen to you, Sandy, are, are nice to you. They don't even believe anymore. They're just being nice to you. Oh, God bless you. It's wonderful you still believe and you're preaching the good news. But they don't believe that the rapture is coming. But God says, in the middle of it, they will know that it is true. Okay, we'll get back to that. You got your notes? Go to the front page. You see this guy? His name is, uh, I don't even want to say his name. First name is, last name is Smith. He's, he, he's, he's, he wins a Grammy the other night for a song called Unholy. He dresses up in red. All of the strippers are in cage on the stage. They're at the Grammys. They got strippers in cages on stage. Fire is all around the stage. Strippers are in the cage dressed in red and crawling on the cage. He's singing a song to honor Satan. And these other women are crawling on their knees to his, to his feet so they can kiss him and be with him, right? So he's doing this. Go to the next page. So he goes on stage and they give them their Grammy for this song, okay? Then the man who has been surgically changed to a woman, his name is probably Kenny Petra, but he changed it to Kim. He stands and says, I want to thank everybody and let you know I'm the first transgender woman to win an award. You're not a woman, first of all. 
you're, you've been surgically <laughs> modified, but God knows how you came in the world. Okay? So no one understands this, that she stands up there and she's, and she's glorifying the, part, the fact that she's the first transgender that won a, a Grammy. Then you look into the audience, and there's Queen Latifah, and they're all clapping. The celebrities are like this. This is so awesome. First, the satanic performance, and then now you're getting an award, and now you're glorifying the LBG community and the whole thing, and, and they're just, and this is what's going on at the Grammys, okay? And there's Queen Latifah, of course, a few Grammys back, she did a marriage ceremony for 33 gay couples. Okay, and you got Taylor Swift in the back, and they're all just clapping. They're just, they just think what this guy did on stage was wonderful. Go to the next page. After they scraped all the demonic stuff off the stage, <laughs> they brought up the, the Gospel Music Award winners. Now, I don't know if you're a gospel, but if I'm a gospel singer and I'm sitting there and I'm seeing that performance, I'm leaving. I'm walking out the building. You call my name and they say, oh, my goodness, the Christians have left, but we do have their word. But none of the Christians left. None of the Christians spoke out against it. Everybody just sat there and, 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 and enjoyed the performance because they want their Grammy, right? Right. Right. right? Then after they won, then, then uh, uh, um, well, that's Maverick City and Kirk Franklin. They came up and got their award. Now, when they won their award, they came up and they thanked God. Nobody said Jesus. Mm. Maverick City, Kirk Franklin, they said, we just want to thank God for giving us this project, da 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 Because to say Jesus is offensive to the Grammys. So I don't know if they were not allowed to say it, but they never thanked Jesus. They said, we want to thank God. Then Beyonce comes up and she wins a Grammy. And guess what she says? I want to thank God for this Grammy. And she says, without God, it wouldn't be possible. Right after that, she said, I would also like to thank the LBGQT letter mafia and the queer community for their love and accepting me. Okay? So that's what happened at the Grammys a few days ago. Now, listen, you guys. This is a manifestation that there is a satanic influence in the world and you're ignoring that there is a spiritual battle for you, your soul, your children, for your household. You're, you're, you're not thinking that there's a spiritual battle going on. But this is what Jesus said right before he went, went to the cross. He says, now... Now is the, is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from earth, will draw people to myself. You hear that? So did Jesus know that a battle was going on? Did he know that the God of this world was about to get kicked out? What he accomplished on the cross, remember, when he died, he went, he went descended into the lower parts, yeah. and he said he took back, he made a display of them openly, and took back the keys to life and death. So the victory for life was, 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 was conquered on the cross. Then he resurrected to prove to all of us that, see, Death has no more control. I've overcome the world. I've overcome death. And therefore, I'm giving this gift to you. If you believe in Christ, you have overcome death. Meaning that you're going to have a spring of resurrection. 
You're going to you're going to always be alive. Did not Jesus say that anyone who believes in me will never die? Did he mean physically? He meant you will never die. Remember, you live in a house. Some of us forget that. The body you live in is not you. It's a house. Okay, that's why when bodies die, God don't 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 cry too much because you can't do much. You can't every even the house that you live in. If it burnt down and you got out, I would be happy for you that you got out. I wouldn't sit there crying over the house. God is like there's a lot of houses that get destroyed, but life belongs to me. And we need to know and understand that. Okay. Go to uh, the next page, page four. And this will lead us back to where we need to be. Elohim Tov. Kol Hazman. That's what I'm talking about. Now listen to me, you guys. God has been telling me this since 2003, January 1st, 2003. This is what I want you to preach, and it's going to be hard. What? Prepare my people to go. Do not prepare them to be good members. Do not prepare them to, for a mega church. You prepare them to leave. That means talk to them about preparation. Talk to them about what it takes when a trumpet blows to be gone. What does that take? Is, if that's not the most important message in the church, I don't know what it is. What does it take for me? Because I know it's going to happen. What does it take for me when the trumpet blows for me to be gone? You're going to have to be in relationship with God. You're going to have to be fighting against sin. You're going to have to be, be, be doing the things that the Lord wants you to do when he comes. And I'm not going to candy coat it and tell you as long as you come into church, you're okay. Amen. Because there are many people that will go to church, but their whole mindset, their whole life is so consumed in this world that if Jesus came, they would be upset. Now, the Lord wanted me to see this. In the Torah, there are five books that begin the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay? In the New Testament, there are five books that begin the New Testament. What five books are those? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts are the beginning of the New Testament. Those are the five books. They have exactly 117 chapters, which means my close and personal friends. So he's introducing the gospel because the gospel is introducing the marriage. And this is what the Bible is all about. Okay. Psalms 120 is the first of the ascending Psalms. These are the Psalms of Ascension. There are 15 of them. The first three are like Genesis. The second three are like Exodus. The next three are like Leviticus. The next three are like Numbers. And the next three are like Deuteronomy. Listen. The first three are like Genesis. What happened in Genesis? The flood, the taking away. What happened in Exodus? The people of God went into trouble in Egypt and had to be rescued out of it. You understand? So that means God is like, look, just like my resurrection, the victory didn't start on Nisan 14. The day Christ was on the cross, that was the beginning of victory. Christ said it's finished because God knows on the third day, I'm going to resurrect. But on the 14th, the hope was not finished. Because if he doesn't resurrect three days later, 
we're in trouble. So the third day is the day that he resurrected on the 17th. The Lord said, listen, and tell them as strongly as you can. 2020 was crucifixion day. That wasn't the finishing. It finishes in the third year. 2020 was on the cross. 2021 was in the grave. 2022 is resurrection. So the first three Psalms of Ascent is the beginning and victory that will happen in what, in what, in what Psalm 122 in 2022. Now, 22 was not important to the whole world concerning the end times until now. 1622 came and went. But that 22 meant nothing. Why? There's no rebirth of the nation of Israel. 1722 came. Nothing. Why? There's no rebirth of the nation of Israel. 1822 came. Nothing. Why? There's no rebirth of the nation of Israel. 1922 came. Nothing. Because Israel had not been born again. But now you're in 2022. Israel has been reborn, you're in the last generation, and now God says 22 means everything. And so when it happens, I'll be that little boy that you decided, I'll just be nice to him, because you know what he's going to say. I saw him play, he didn't play that good, but he, he thinks he's going pro, so let's just be nice to him. <laughs> God bless you, little Sandy. You working on them legs? Them legs kind of skinny. <laughs> Say, yeah, yes, sir. I'm working on my legs before I get to the NFL. So no one understand. I didn't care if he said that my legs were too skinny to make it to the NFL. The covenant is not between me and you. The covenant is between me and God. Amen. Amen. The word of God is between you and God. God said, I already told these people what I was going to do. It's in the scripture. I've given you every scenario of 22 that I could possibly give you. And there are still people that their whole heart is sunk into the world. The mind and their heart is thinking about worldly things. And God says, get your mind and your heart prepared because you're leaving. Amen. And whatever you're planning, I'm not with you. Pastor Sandy's not with you. Will I, am I glad that you're continuing to live and you're continuing to go for things? Yes, occupy till I come. But I ain't with you. Amen. You can talk about, oh, you know, in 2024, we're going to get Trump back in there. God bless you. God bless you. You stand in Christ, don't you? Living right. All right, God bless you. But I ain't with you. I'm hoping to get a promotion in five years. God bless you. I hope you do get a promotion in five years. But I ain't with you. I want you to know that. I'm not with you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what they, they did to me. I'm just going, mm-hmm. God bless you. God bless you. Because my commitment is to God and his word. Yeah. My commitment is to God and his word. Yeah. March 23rd is the end of 2022. We're not even in Adar yet. We're not even in the glorious month right. of the taking away of the bride and the fish disappearing in the, in the stars. We're not even there yet. But we're getting there. And I know. And I'm talking to God and I wake up the other morning and God is like, oh, when it happens, oh, when it happens, you don't have that much time left. Oh, oh it's about to be real. It's about to be real. I mean, I can, I can see God doing like that. He's like, it's about to get real. Because that's how I was feeling him. I was like, 
Oh, Lord, you're telling me it's about to get real. I'm telling you, it's about to get real. And when it happens, woo! And then like God said, remember when you was trying to play football and you was telling everybody you was five years, remember all that toilet paper you wasted? <laughs> I knew then. You understand? All right, listen. I'm going to go to the book of Enoch. And I'm going to read to you what God had me reading that morning, okay? Because I'm fully engaged. Drea's over there. I'm sitting over here like, hallelujah. I, thank you, Lord. I'm like, I'm like this, right? I'm, I'm engaged, okay? So the first thing I read is this. Now, the book of Enoch has parables. Did you know that? There are parables in the book of Enoch. This chapter is the beginning of a parable. And we'll get to the parable that God wants you to. Okay? It says, the first parable. It says, when the congregation of the righteous appear, and sinners shall be judged for their sins. The congregation of, when the congregation of the righteous appear, appear where? He says, when the congregation of the righteous appear, then Sinners will get judged. Where we're appearing to? Heaven. Watch this. Because God's slowing me down the whole time. It says, when the congregation of the righteous appear, sinners will be judged for their sins and shall be driven from the face of the earth. And the righteous one shall appear before the eyes of the righteous. You know who the righteous one is? Jesus. And he says, he says, when he appears, when the righteous one shall appear before the eyes of the righteous. So we're going to see him. Listen. He says, Who, whose elect work hangs upon the Lord of, of the spirit and light shall appear to the righteous and the and the elect. Now, I want you to, to tell you something. He always separates the holy and the righteous from the elect because the elect is Israel and the holy and righteous are the ones who took the invitation yeah. to come. Yeah. Okay? So, it says, uh, uh, where then will be the dwelling of the sinner? He says, when, he, says uh, when he appears, where will be the dwelling of the sinner? And where the resting place of those who denied the Lord of Spirits. It had been good for them if they had never been born. When the secret, when the secrets of the righteous shall be revealed and the sinners judged. The godless driven from the presence of the righteous and elect. For that time, those that possess the earth shall no longer be powerful and exalted, and they shall not be able to behold the face of the holy. For the Lord of spirits, that's Jesus, has caused light to appear. So when the light appears, he says, judgment is coming. And when is the light appearing? It starts off by saying when the congregation of the righteous appear. You understand? Because this is what's about to happen. Then he said, okay, now I'm at 39, chapter 39. And it shall come to pass in those days that the elect and the holy children will descend from high heaven. And their seed will become one with the children of men. So what he's talking about there is that when we return, there are some people who are going to survive the tribulation, and when Jesus lands, he's going to separate the, the, the goat from the sheep, and those people will live through the millennium, but the righteous will come back and appear with him. Yes. So see, I'm telling you, this thing is planned out. This is a, a well-orchestrated yes. plan. Yes. 
and you're a part of it, if you don't believe it, it's okay. It's not between me and you. Okay? And it says, and in those days a whirlwind carried me off from the earth. This is Enoch talking. And set me down at the end of heaven. And there I saw another vision, the dwelling places of the holy and the resting places of the righteous. Here mine eyes saw their dwelling with his righteous angels. So Enoch says, I saw dwelling places, homes. When we get further into this, you're going to see he uses the same Hebrew word for mansions. I saw the homes of the righteous and the holy. And they lived among the angels. When? When the, when the righteous appeared. This is not, this is in Enoch. You understand? God is trying to let you know this has been a plan for a long time. Here mine eyes saw the dwelling with his angels and their resting place with the holy. And they petitioned and interceded and prayed for the children of men. And righteous flow before them as water and mercy like dew upon the earth. This is among them forever and ever. And in that place, my, my eyes saw the elect one, Jesus, of the righteous, it says, of the righteousness of faith. And righteousness shall prevail in his day. And righteousness and elect shall be without number before him forever and ever. Okay, so I finish there. Oh, then it says here, and the righteous and the elect before him shall be strong in fiery lights. So you will no longer be a lampstand. You will be a light. You understand? You will no longer need the Holy Spirit in you for God to recognize you. He'll take his spirit back because he's going to make you a righteous spirit. You will be light in your own self. You understand? Listen, you're not a fleshly being. That's a lie. God created you and gave you a body. But the God that created you doesn't live in a, in a physical world. The one who created is greater than the creation. Let me go in. Chapter 41. It says, and after I saw the secret, after I saw all the secret of the heavens, and how the kingdom is divided and how the actions of men are weighed in the balance. And there I saw the mansions of the elect and the mansions of the holy. And my eyes saw there all the sinners being driven from there and deny who denied the name of the Lord of this of spirits and being dragged off. They could not abide because of the punishment which would proceed from the Lord. So he says, I saw the mansions. This is the second time here. Then Jesus, when he comes, what he says, I, I, I prepared a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. Some goofball rewrote it and said dwelling places. No. Read it in Hebrew or read it in Greek. Look it up in Hebrew or Greek. It's a large dwelling place that Jesus has built for you. Okay? I'm going over here to, oh no, I have to go right here. It says, watch this, listen to this. God, God said, read this. He said, wisdom went out, went forth to make her dwelling among the children of men and found no dwelling place. God says, he sent wisdom into the world, but he couldn't find any place to dwell. Then it said this, look, it says, wisdom returned to her place and took her seat among the angels. And the unrighteous, then unrighteousness went forth from its chamber and without searching found many dwelling places. You hear that? Without searching, so God is letting me know. He said, men, their hearts are wicked. 
I give them wisdom. I give them my word. And he says, wisdom has to come back to me because it had no place to dwell. But when unrighteousness goes out, it finds it doesn't even look for a dwelling place and it finds many dwelling places. So that's a bad state for mankind. You don't want to obey God. God knows that. Right. You've got a heart not to obey. That's why he's giving you a spirit. So his spirit can change your heart. And through reading his word, you can be changed and you can start to grow and take off the old man and put on the new man. Because if you don't want wisdom, it will say, fine, I'll go back to heaven and sit down because you don't need me. Unrighteous comes and it finds many dwelling places. It ain't even looking for them. Listen to this. Here's the parable. God says. It says, I saw lightning and the stars of heaven. And I saw how he called them all by name and they hearkened unto him. Do you know that God put the stars in the heavens, right? You know, he knows them all by name. Every star has a name. It's a parable, though. Listen to this. It says, I saw how they weighed. I saw how they weighed in righteousness, balance according to their proportion and light. I saw the width of their space, um, the day of their appearing and how their revolution producing lightning. And I saw the revolution occurring to the number of angels and how they kept faith with each other. It says, um, I asked the angel uh, who went with me, who showed me what the what was hidden what are these because he wants to know what are all these stars what are all these stars where did they come from and he says this look what are all these and he says the lord of spirit showed me the parable meaning these are the names of the holy who dwell on the earth and believe in the name of the lord of spirit which is jesus so the, the parable is this. God created the sun, but as a parable, he created stars because the sun has many just like him. See, stars are just many bursts of suns. You understand? So he says, I know the stars by name. But he says, what I'm really pointing you to is everybody who believes in the name of Jesus. I know you by name. I know you by name. This is why I'm trying to tell you this is personal. You don't be walking away from Jesus doing your own thing. This is personal. He knows you by name. He knows what you like. He's building. He's in a process of building for you when you walk away from him. It's like I'm I'm building this. Where are you going? God is trying to let you know this is personal. I know you all by name. You are not in a number system. There may be billions and billions of people in the kingdom. We may be all praising and glorifying God, but I guarantee you, you are personal. And when he calls you, it's personal. And only God can do this. But he wants you to know, I know you by name. You're not a number. You're very personable to God, personable to God. I think I'm almost finished, Pastor Ben. <laughs> yeah, because I see him coming in. Yeah. Where am I? Okay. I'm going to go back to this, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish right here, Pastor Ben. Excuses. We ain't going to talk about excuses. Okay, here you go. Because this is what the Lord says. Saturday morning. It's about to get real. You hear me? Hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? It's about to get real. It says, uh, so the, it says in, in, in here in the book of Ezra, it says, uh, sown places shall suddenly appear unsown, and full storehouses shall suddenly uh, be found uh, to be empty. So he says a famine, a famine is coming. Then listen to this. And the trumpet shall sound aloud. And when all hear it, they shall suddenly be terrified. 
This is what God was telling me about the movie. He says, they won't be casually talking about this. This will not be a casual conversation. Everybody will be terrified because they're going to see people disappear in front of them. And they're going to hear this trumpet and everything's going to pause for three days. Rivers will not flow. Everything is going to be changed. You understand? So God's saying there's no secret rapture. You will hear the trumpet whether you saved or not. Those who are righteous will appear in heaven and we will see his face. But those who are not righteous, you will just hear the sound of the trumpet and the shaking of the earth and we will be gone. Listen, it says at that times, friends shall make war. So when we leave, what's going to happen? Trouble shall make war on friends like enemies and the earth and those who inhabit it shall be terrified and the springs of the fountains shall stand still so that for three days, I mean for three hours, I'm sorry, I said days, for three hours they shall not flow. So for three hours everything's going to stop after the trumpet blows. Now watch this. And it shall be whosoever remains after all that I have, I have foretold to you shall himself be saved and shall see my salvation and the end of my world. Okay? Because he's saying there will be people that receive this mercy in the tribulation. And it says, and they shall see. What shall they? They shall see the men who were taken up who from their birth have not tasted death. You hear that? When we return, what are they going to see? The men that were taken up who never tasted death. They will see you coming back. And they shall see the men who were taken up uh, uh, from their birth and not tasted death. And the heart of the earth's inhabitants shall be changed and converted to a different spirit. Praise God. Listen. Nobody cares what you think. The covenant is already written. The covenant is between God and his people. Okay? You can be as cordial as you want. I don't care. Okay? It's not between me and you. It's between me and God. And as Christians, we need to know and understand. You cannot listen if you want, but this ain't between you and me. This is between you and God. Listen. God is not going to forget about his word because you don't believe. No, he's not. No, he's not. The tribulation is coming whether you believe it or not. The day is very soon whether you believe it or not. 22 didn't mean anything in 1922, but right now it does. Amen. Amen. And I'm trying to warn you. And I've given you every scenario. And I've told you everything that God told me to tell you. And yet, I'm standing and I see, I know when you're being cordial. Because I just go like this. Okay, Lord, they're being cordial, but they really don't believe you're coming. See, it's not a problem. When reality sets in, it will be obvious. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 No question, 